You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am stoked to bring you this one. I've been wanting to do this one for a very long time. My friend Daniel Harmon is on this week, and Daniel and I actually worked on a song together that is out right now. If you look up his name on any of the streaming services, you can find the record. It's called Unknown Ghosts Volume 2, and I won't bother giving you all the gory details because we pretty much do that on this episode. And I want to get into that as quickly as possible, but I have two small bits of business to get out of the way, and I think these are things you are going to want to hear about. So, first of all, the Gun Street Burnsides. You may remember, oh, probably about a year and a half ago at this point, maybe a little longer, Ken from Roadhouse Pickups came over to the Shred Shed and started coaching me on making pickups. And I quickly realized that I was out of my depth with that. Yeah, I could make some pickups, and yeah, I learned a lot from Ken, but I definitely did not have the time to master the craft. And so when the Gun Street slash Stringjoy merger happened, I found out that Sean had already been dabbling in the pickup world. In fact, I'd gotten a sneak peek at some of the prototypes he was working on, too. So when we decided to merge we realized that we had this perfect opportunity to bring back some of Ken's designs, which do not exist anywhere at all in the pickup world at this point. They are based on some vintage, what I've been calling super pro guitars from the past, and there aren't any options for that that I'm aware of currently on the aftermarket until now. We brought back the Burnsides. The Burnsides are a recreation of one of my very favorite pickups. If you've seen me play my Roni Oceana on the interwebs at any point, you have heard them. And we've got some awesome demos up from Mark Johnston, Emily Harris from Get Offset, and an okay demo from me over on the product page. So I'm going to put the link to that down in the show notes. This is a pretty unique offering. I'm really, really stoked that they're finally back. And I I just had to plug that in here before we dive into this episode because I'm really, really, really stoked on it. So please check that out. They're a very unique single coil. They're very, very quiet, and uh, we're really proud of them. So please check that out at gunstreet.co, and the link is in the show notes. The other bit of business is, I've mentioned this before, but just a reminder, if you want to order from Stringjoy, there is a discount code now associated with this podcast. Tone Mob, all one word, will get you 10% off. It's a one-time code. It doesn't work forever, but Tone Mob, all one word, will get you a discount. Unless you're a certain level of Patreon subscriber, in which uh, there might be a little something more for you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Go back in the post-Patreon, listeners, if you haven't seen anything related to what I'm talking about. Scroll back a few posts. It's there. I promise. Anyway, Tone Mob will get you a one-time discount at Stringjoy. If you've been curious, if you've heard me talk about it a million billion times and you've just never pulled the trigger, here is a good excuse to give that a go. 
And please let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what you think. We put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into these things, and I think that it shows. All right, let's stop plugging stuff. Let's get into this episode with my dude, Mr. Daniel G. Harmon. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the, cha- the Chasing Tone. That's not the Chasing Tone podcast. We, need to do the, tone we gotta do the countdown again. Oh no, we don't. We were just talking about Chasing Tone. That's a first. That's hilarious. Wow. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast. I'm your host Blake Wyland, and with me today I have my friend Daniel G. Harmon. What is up, my dude? Oh, you know, just chilling, enjoying the summer finally. Well, not officially, but, you know, it's sunny here in the yeah, Northwest, as you know. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been a long, long winter, so it's beautiful to see some sunshine. Yeah, uh, and I know that, you know, we talked about this when we were recording, which we'll get into. Uh, we're both solar dads, so, you know, we were like, oh, checking yeah. our numbers on our recently <laughs> installed solars. Oh, my It was gosh. the most dad thing ever. It was just like... I was like, whoa, look, I'm at kilowatts. I know. <laughs> I'm like in the green for the year, so I'm happy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very excited about that. Um, mm-hmm. Positive. Returning it to the grid. So, yeah. That's right. Excited. Yep. Exciting that stuff. Makes, yeah. Hey, I like it. I was like, this month, my electrical bill was finally like where I was. All right, cool. We got we got there. <laughs> yep. Because if it didn't pencil out sooner, I was going to start freaking out a little bit. Saving but, it hey. for the deep, dark winter. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Banking the banking those kilowatts. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, dude, it's so good to have you on here. Uh, I know you know we could have recorded probably when we were in, or when I was in Seattle last year, but we were heavily sidetracked with what we were doing, tracking guitars and whatnot. And that record finally came out. But I want to get into that a little later. I want to get into your story because. <laughs> You know, we've become you know fairly close over the last few years, but I've never actually sat down and asked you about your whole musical journey because I wanted to save it for this, to be totally honest. So, you know, when did you start playing and, and writing and you obviously got heavily into gear and how did how did all this happen? How did we how did we meet? Wow. Well, thanks, man. Um yeah, so uh, I grew up in really rural Arizona. Um I lived there until 94 and then I moved to 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 Phoenix and started playing in punk rock bands and um I grew up like singing and and in choir in high school and started playing guitar at the end of my high school career I guess and and then moved to Phoenix and started playing bass like in a punk rock band and then moved to Seattle in 99 and started writing my own songs and ended up uh, recording a record um, that came out in 2001, and I recorded it with Greg Markle, who now um, it was in Recovery Studios and put mm-hmm. out on Recovery Records, which is now Greg Markle now runs Recovery Effects and Devices, uh, whose pedals I love uh, and champion mm-hmm. them as much as I possibly can. And Greg, I've got a couple skating here, yeah, an older one. Uh, yeah, I saw Greg on Sunday. It was my birthday, and he actually made me a pedal for my birthday he has the the only other one i was like blown away it was like the kindest gift it's a fuzz pedal he and i have the only ones i'm very so i'm so happy and just like the kindest gesture um he played at my wedding um and so greg and i have just stayed in touch and i've just been really 
close for so long and and he's recorded the first like four records of mine um you know just kind of like pacific northwest singer songwriter dude um always had visions of a bigger sound so you know as i think often is for the singer songwriter type recording songs writing songs in their bedroom and then recording them and then putting the songs together for a live setting recruiting people to play with you and then re-remembering how to write this or how to play the songs you know and then Mm -hmm. turning them into something bigger so i put a band together uh called the trouble starts which was the name of one of my songs and then um went on tour and a couple times went to the uk um did the us a couple times did a couple more records uh and then just went back to doing solo stuff um and i played i did like a two-year stint doing uh shows at seattle tacoma international airport um so i was doing those four hour gigs a couple times a week so whoa yeah i got like really good i was doing like um you know four hour sets so i would do 30 songs back to back you know Mm -hmm. and at the end of those two years i i went and went to greg and we recorded those songs um and 30 songs to tape with no edits and like i did like a couple takes of them and they they came out and it was called disasters and that was really my last kind of like singer songwritery thing that i did mm-hmm. um and then i can't remember what it really did after that i did obviously some uh, oh then kind of like the pandemic i guess happened <laughs> You know, and uh, I did a lot of collaborations with uh, art, like international artists that I've met, you know, through work and just through life. Uh, And fast forward to a year ago, I had uh, an accident where I broke my leg and uh, pretty bad. It was gnarly. Pretty badly. Um, And I was in in bed for a month and I had the previous six months. had recorded a bunch of songs on an OP1, which is a teenage engineering, like keyboard, drum machine, four track recorder, um, and on planes, you know, because I mm-hmm. travel a lot either for work or whatever. And, and I, my goal was just to like write and record for, you know, write and record a song on every flight, whether it was like a 10 hour flight or a two hour flight, just to be productive. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had like eight songs that were like wildly different than what I was kind of used to doing. And I was like, what am I ever going to do with these? So I just kind of shelved them in on my hard drive. And then lo and behold, last June, I was like stuck in bed and I asked my wife to grab my MIDI keyboard and I cracked them open and I couldn't play guitar or sing or anything. So I just built them out into a record and they turned into what I ended up calling Unspoken Ghost Volume 1, which was my first kind of ambient electronic record. Mm-hmm. Um, and that came out in September. And I really enjoyed that process. I really enjoyed um, the process of, um, you know, you, I've always used my voice and guitar as the key melody driver uh, for me. And having that removed was challenging, but also exciting. 
because for 25 years that has been what I've been using, and mm-hmm. and it was nice to move away from that. Um, finding mel- trying to find melody in other ways, but also you know with a lot of like electronic music, it becomes can become repetitive um, and not super melodic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I wanted to have definitive parts, and I wanted to, to have a melody that kind of carried through and tied things together. So that was a challenge for me. And I had so much fun doing it. I wanted to do another one, but I wanted to like collaborate with other people because I had a lot of fun over the last couple of years during the lockdown and stuff doing that. So I reached out to some homies like you and, and um, some other people that I, whose music I really liked just, you know, or who I just liked as people um, to see if they wanted to come along. And so we did. And I have had seven songs that came out last week in, you know, mm-hmm. in June 2nd. So that was volume two uh, that came out. Unspoken Ghosts Volume Two came out June second, and then um, I'm working on the vinyl edition, uh, smashing the two versions together. That's coming out, uh, you know, in the next sometime in the next forty years once vinyl <laughs> gets pressed. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, yep. As those things go, no, I'm hoping it'll come out in the fall. Uh, everything will be going to be shipped off uh, in the next two weeks. So uh, then it's up to the vinyl gods to to sort that out. So fingers uh, crossed. So yeah, that's just kind of the quick rundown and then you and i met just kind of through work stuff uh probably i guess about two years ago uh, sounds about right through yeah. through what i do um we started working together uh working on the podcast stuff on the business side of things so mm-hmm. very yeah. very fortunate to have made a new friend it's it's not it's not very often as as an old man you get to meet <laughs> meet new people that you want to hang out with. You know? so. Yeah, it does become exceedingly rare. I mean, I I say that, but I have to remember I'm really fortunate in that regard where my job forces me to meet new people all the time. Yeah. Uh, which I'm kind of a social person anyway, so that doesn't – some people that might freak out. But for me, that's that's part of the perks. And uh, so, yeah, it, it I do tend to run into people more, and I take that for granted sometimes that that's not – how most people operate they don't just talk to new people every single week for an hour plus sure. yeah you know um but yeah it's a the process was really fun i mean i i threw my family into our you know little car and drove up to seattle and it was like really loaded that car is great it's a kia soul it's really great if you're by yourself with lots of gear but when you have you know four people and uh, you're trying to bring every pedal you can think of uh, <laughs> It gets it gets a little little squished uh, pretty pretty quickly, but you know I think I brought two guitars. And I don't remember how many pedals. I think I brought a little amp because I wasn't sure what the situation was, but we didn't end up needing it. But yeah, it was uh it was quite the journey trying to get everything in there. And we got to your place and and the process kind of unfolded. You know, you never know how these things go, right? And it really unfolded for me, like the like the normal American Cyclops stuff, just put out a bunch of pedals, plug them all in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what we started with was really cool. And I, I was like, I was digging the vibe. But by the time you got done with it, it was like, what? That is like, it's, I can hear the parts I know because I was there, but it's mind blowing to me to flip back and forth between like the first draft or the second draft and the final draft. Like, how did you, and you know, for everybody, well, the links will be where you can go listen to all this and everything, but how did you come up with like 
the rearranging of things the way you did because it's so vastly different than where we started. Yeah, I um, I think you know every song is, with the exception of the Wong song, the Corey Wong song, every song on there is completely different than what I originally sent out to people. So the way that that record worked was I created a bunch of, and same with you, a bunch of loops, you know, I think Mm -hmm. I created like loops on the OP one or some like stuff in logic, which was like a drum loop um, and a synth loop and maybe like a guitar, really basic guitar line. And I shipped them out to you. And I think it was like maybe a, a verse and a, chorusy part and that was it because i really mm-hmm. wanted the collaborator to shine and so i sent them out and you're actually the only person that was in the room with me everyone else was re- remotely sent stuff back to me mm-hmm. um so you know Corey's song was one of because this i he recorded his stuff like um, i want to say two years ago like i um because I was thinking about doing another like singer songwritery record, and I sent him like three songs where I was like, "Hey, do you want to play on this record?" And uh, like a month later, he sent me that one back, and I was like, "Wow, I don't know what to do with this." <laughs> you know, like I don't hear any sort of vocal melody on this because how can you sing over how great his guitar playing is? You know, like mm-hmm. I can't outshine this in any way so another thing i was like i'm just gonna put this over here for later and it will find Mm -hmm. its place so i didn't mess with that much you know the structure was there i had already built it out to what it is for the most part yeah i added some keyboard and the and bass and stuff but that was kind of it um for yours and everything else you came up we tracked it to the loop that i had Mm -hmm. had set up and then we just tracked a bunch of stuff, you know. Uh, we tracked bass, a bunch of bass. We tracked baritone. Uh, we mm-hmm. tracked, I think, six-string guitar, but we also tracked 12-string because I have yeah. that 12-string Rickenbacker. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tracked, I remember, the Golden. We tracked Because yes. you brought the Golden up, which rules, because I ended up getting, I loved it so much that I got the Delverb. Um, which I love. The I think um, I got a picture here. Let's, let's see if I can find it. And the Maris. Oh yeah, I did. I put. Yes, we had the we had the Maris. We had. I'm looking at this first setup, and I I know that wasn't all we used, but for the listeners, just because <laughs> I got historical documentation, here, I've got the Fuzzrocious slash Tone Mob Typhon. Um, I've got the the Cooper effects outward and then going into the Mr. Black tape X two, then stereo outs going to the victory Kraken, the golden and the, let's see, are those in the same? No, the Kraken. Yes. The victory Kraken into the golden and then another separate out to the Ivanez LF seven. Cause you know, this is a gear podcast, so they're mm-hmm. going to want to know all that. But I know for a fact we swapped the Kraken out at some point, and I and we did get some Mara stuff involved in there too. I think the Polymoon, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, we went all over the place, but that's the chain I, the only chain I took a picture of for all the uh, 
all the nerds out there like myself. <laughs> I was yeah, I was actually talking to a friend of mine today about um the Maris reverb pedal and I was like cuz I don't have any Maris stuff and then it made me remember the LVX that you brought up. And yeah. I was running through all of the the like preset samples that they have on there and I was like every preset sample sounds like the beginning of a minus the bear song. Like it yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it, like everything like in a like less rad version of something Dave would do, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that pedal is crazy. And I think that it would melt my brain if I had it. Like I was, it's, it's like a, a hologram, you know, like it, it is, but what's great about it, at least for me, from my perspective is cause I've seen lots of pedals that have really deep settings. You can really dive into and they're generally, generally menu based where you kind of have to scroll through a couple different things and there it's all like list listed in words Mm -hmm. this has that if you want it if your brain works that way but it also has graphic mode which is way easier for me to get my head around you can kind of see how things are actually structured inside the pedal and i'm able to get my head around even though it's very complicated way easier to make sense out of than other pedals of its ilk and easier and easier to like go back and find it like if you're like i love that one i want to use that again yeah you can save it as its own preset so cool. they have it. I can't remember up to ninety nine presets, and I think they come. It comes preloaded with thirty, I mm. think something like that. Twenty seven. I don't remember exactly, but you have plenty of storage space for your own stuff. Okay, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, I n- yeah, I might have to pick it up. I don't know. It's uh, I got I got a ninety nine presets, and uh, yours ain't one. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I, 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 I'm but about I can send to, you mine. I, I would love that. Uh, <laughs> you sent me the, the tone mob pedal for Christmas uh, a couple of years ago, and I love that thing. I use it on everything. So thank you. Oh, so, oh that makes me so happy. You have one of the last ones that weren't that I think I think I gave you the second or the third to last one that wasn't mine. And then I gave the other two to the Thrice guys. So. Oh, wow. I'm in, yeah. I'm in amazing company, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you came over. We um, we got we were normal for a while, then drank a little whiskey, and then things got wild. And then um, That's right. The dogs were very good. They're here behind <laughs> us now. They're used to noise. Um, mm-hmm. Jack is old and deaf, so he's better with noise than Frida is. My, yeah. My um, chair is all jacked up. Um, yeah, so that was good. And then you left. And then I kind of, the way I like to do things is I get back things and then I listen to them and I go, that's cool. And then I put it away because if I'm too close to things, I get annoyed with it or uh, I, um, I, chew, I, I, I need to like have some distance from stuff for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. So I put it away for like a month and then I got, got to work on it. And I just kind of deconstructed it. You know, I want to take the things that shine the most. And, and it really, um, what happens is, and this is what happened with every single thing, with every other song on the record was, y- the stuff that you did was so much better than the original stuff that I sent you that I wanted to write new stuff to elevate, you know, to bring my stuff up to your level, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I just, You're too kind. no, it's true. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to completely recreate, you know, or 
completely create new things, new sounds, new elements to, you know, match where you were on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I hope I did. Um, and it, it, you know, to me, the fun stuff is arranging, you know, taking parts because mm-hmm. we just kind of threw everything at the wall, you know? Um, yeah. Cause if I remember correctly, the loop was pretty open. It was, mm-hmm. it was mostly beat. It was very hip hop based. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of room for me to throw. A, I, I was like, well, there's all this space here. I mm-hmm. better fill it with, with walls of fuzz. So, um, but when you came back with that, when I first, I first heard that sequence part, I was just like, okay, what is, what is happening here? <laughs> well, I hope <laughs> you're okay crazy. with where it went, you know? Oh, I love it. Good. I love it. I, I was so much better than, I mean, I was really happy with where we landed and then it came like when you got done messing with it, I was like, this is actually, this is better. Oh man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So Hi, I'm Vincent and I'm here to talk about the Merit. My dad's always going on and on about how cool Maris is. He really went off on one about the Mercury X the other day. He said something about a 4,800 Hertz sample rate. And 99 preset locations in 33 banks? And something along the lines of the most advanced reverb pedal ever devised by man? That's all true, but I only care about one thing. This pedal sounds sick. So make sure you check out the Mercury X and all the other fine products at maris.us, as well as fine retailers worldwide. All right, Dad, now can I have my talkie? How exactly do artists get their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, all these services? How in the world do you get your music there? Well, in the past, you had to use something called a record label. But these days, you can use DistroKid. DistroKid is the absolute easiest way to get your music up on streaming services, and it's the most affordable way to do so. Not only do plans start at $22.99 for the entire year, that's less than two bucks a month, DistroKid also does not take a cut of your streaming revenue, unlike some other services out there. Even better if you sign up by going to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. That's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. One more time, that's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. You'll get 30% off. That's right, 30% off. They're already extremely reasonable prices. So go to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid and get your music out there. Yeah, it's fun. It's always kind of scary collaborating with people, too. You know, because it's like, are they gonna like where it goes? You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of there's a lot of trust that is involved in it, but um, yeah, it's fun and and um, a little bit scary, but mostly fun. And uh, I I'm just thankful that you were willing to like go with me on that kind of journey and and uh, open to to getting wild and just you know coming up here and 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 bringing your family and and just wanting to hang out. It was just really fun and so. You know, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to do it again sometime. I you know, I, and that's another thing I was gonna say when you fired your camera up. Part of me was expecting, uh, you know, like a New York City skyline because I know we talked about that last time. But it seems like you're still chilling in the PNW. Yeah, we are. Um, you know, I think 
with our old dog getting older, I think we just kind of want to stick around here for the time being. And, and we love it here. We love our house and, and, um, you know, both our families are here, so we're not, we're not trying to get out anytime soon. Um, yeah, we, we, we really love Seattle and, and, you know, we, um, have a little place on Vashon that we like to go in the summer and, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to get out of here in the summer. You know, it really is. <laughs> you can't really, you really can't really is. beat it. There's no better place to be. So, yeah, every time you know we'll we'll be sitting around at night and looking at you know Zillow or something, and and it's usually Nashville for obvious reasons sure. to all the listeners. And it's like, well, you know, we could go to Nashville and it'd make a lot of sense career wise. And then we'll have days like today. And I'm like, nah, I'm not going anywhere. Yep. <laughs> Who yep. am I kidding? Like, that's not happening. I'm not leaving the Pacific Northwest. That's crazy. And it's a little sticky there. <laughs> it's a little sticky. I love Nashville. It's my home away from home. But I, I, I don't see how I'm not an Oregon boy for life. Uh, yep. At least as ho- at least as home base. Yep. for sure. Well, plus you got solar, man. You know, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I got to be here at least three years to get, to exactly. get them my money back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, what's on the, uh, you know, anything new Cyclops wise? I mean, yeah, I've, uh, I've been working on a lot of stuff. So I was trying to do, when I got done with the first record and got it totally done, I then did a handful of like singles. In fact, one of them was in Nashville using only the Maris LVX into my interface. <laughs> and uh, that one's called 2AM for any listeners, because that's when I recorded it. Amazing. Um, I, I, that was a bit of a challenge to myself, to because I'm normally this guy with all the pedals and all the craziness. And I was like, let's just bring one unit. Granted, it's the most intense unit that I could have brought. But one pedal, plug it in and see what I can do with it. And it was it's kind of a lo-fi real grainy dreamy sort of sequence but i'm i'm i was happy with that but as far as what's new i have so many things going on right now part of me wanted to do a more happy record and something that was in the same vein but less minor keys <laughs> <laughs> less people uh, getting arrested i'm familiar uh, th- <laughs> things like that but then the other part of me has this very ambitious project that I've started. I've only gotten one portion of it really, really finished. And it's, it's a spoken or it's kind of a, it's, I don't know if this has ever been done before. I'm sure somebody somewhere has, but I've never heard of it. So it's spoken word with, with instrumental, but it's also supposed to be a book. Hmm. So the idea is that you could read the book on its own. You could listen to the audiobook with no music. You could listen to the album, which is everything combined together. Or you could just listen to the music with no words. So basically trying to make one masterpiece cool. of media and then have everything be able to work around it. And I've only gotten one, I guess you'd call it chapter. It's chapter or song however you want to look at it what a great idea done yeah and it's it's a it's like kind of a post-apocalyptic sci-fi thing and um i've been really starting to my, my sister is an author too and i've been thinking like i really should that's the thing that's that i felt the most inspired by after i got done with the first cyclops record 
But then I quickly was like, oh, I just want to do more music stuff. You're making it too complicated, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I realized kind of looking back, as soon as I got done with that, I was really inspired to do that. And I was really, ex- really, really excited. And having a goal for me is important. Yeah. So with, with Tom, the goal was get a record done before I think it was like February 21st of 2021, something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, that was the whole goal. I think I started in December and I had to have it done by the end of February. And having that goal made me focus in and get it done. And I think I'm just the type of person that has to have some sort of cohesive goal rather than just write whatever and see what comes out. Yeah. You know, I did, I did do that. I did just let the songs come without trying to force them, but I still intentionally sat down and was like, you're recording tonight. Yep. Whatever that is, you're recording it. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's hard. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. I'm the same. You know, I, I know that if I don't have a firm kind of, um, you know, goal or deadline for something, it'll never get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as a person that likes to just, you know, I could read every night for six hours or if my wife's not traveling or if she's home, sit on the couch and watch movies or watch succession for, for eight hours, (laughs) you know, like I have to be like, okay, babe, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to work on music, you know? Mm -hmm. And me like actually saying that is, is not only telling her that, but it's also telling me that it's putting it out into into the world that I'm doing it. You know, Mm -hmm. that's really important and frankly healthy for me. Um, so I'm very similar, you know, I have to, you know, set deadlines and goals. Otherwise stuff just never gets done. It's just remains an idea, you know? And and for you, I'm guessing since we seem to be wired similarly, it isn't, that's not just limited to music. I imagine that's, that's almost anything for me. So like I have a goal and I've said this on the internet and other places, but I have a goal. Like I want to squat 500 pounds. Mm -hmm. It's just something I want to do. There's no real reason for it. I'm not competing or anything like that. I just want to. And I've always wanted to. And until I started telling people that in a more public way, or even in private, just like telling my wife, I want to do this. I didn't, I didn't really, I kind of, I plateaued for years just because I just had this goal to myself in my head. But as soon as I started saying it to other people and, you know, saying it now, it's like, okay, well, you, you said it, you better, you better keep working at it. You better keep going, you know? Yeah. And it's that way, whether I'm, when I was building the shred shed, it was like, Oh, I got to get it done. And you know, there was, it's things I have to hold my, I can hold myself accountable to a degree, but the one thing I don't want to do is say, I'm going to do something and then not do it. Yes, totally fit. And fitness is a big one too, for me, Mm -hmm. you know, I think especially after my, you know, injury, you know, for me this year, I signed up for, um, uh, STP, the Seattle to Portland ride, a little, a little prematurely just because I found out two weeks later that my best friend, his 40th birthday party is like that Saturday night here in Seattle. So I end up can't doing it, but my hope is to do it next year. But, um, you know, especially after my injury, I, you know, wanted to get back into doing stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I signed up to do, I'm not like a, I don't know about you, like I like lifting weights and I like b- doing cardio, but I'm not, I've never been a high impact dude. Like I'm not a runner. Like I, mm-hmm. I like riding bikes. And since I'm psych- psychotic, 
I was I did construction for a long time. I like climbing stairs. So mm-hmm. I do stair climb challenges here. I did them before the pandemic. I haven't done one since. But um, So I signed up to do Base to Space here in October, which is the Space Needle Climb. Um, oh, gnarly. And that'll be my first one back since my injury and obviously back since the pandemic. So that's um, the ones that I used to do was the Columbia Tower one. Um, so yeah, and that's, it's the same thing. It's accountability, but also a goal. Like I know that like, I can't just start September 15th, you know, (laughs) climbing (laughs) the stairs in my house five times a day, you know, like I actually have to get up and, and go out and start doing stuff. Otherwise I'll die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, when it comes to that stuff, there's a little bit more like than public shaming of, oh, well, you didn't put your record out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's like uh, you might actually die, or the paramedics might have to come <laughs> to to help you. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I just I think it's probably a worthwhile thing. What, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter what it is. Is telling somebody that you care about that you're going to do something because as soon as you do that, you, you know your feet are somewhat held to the fire. I mean, there's no real consequences. If I tell my wife I want to squat 500 pounds and I don't do it. There's no real consequence there, and she's not going to make fun of me or anything. But it's still it's it puts something in your head, and you some know, sort of, yeah, yeah, you know, it, and you just want to do it. And it, it for me, it's if I, if I just had an arbitrary goal of oh, I just want to get in better shape. That's hard to quantify. Totally, you know. Yeah. And what does that mean? The stronger, better endurance, you know, leaner. Like, what does that mean? It could mean anything to anybody, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with being arbitrary but being specific is has always been helpful for me always what i've also found as since we're getting real personal here it's one thing that i've found that it doesn't work for me is being too like saying i want to do too much yes (laughs) you know like i want to quit drinking so much i want to quit smoking weed i want to quit like all of the things at the same time time, you know (laughs) let's just try one thing at a time here and then like build up to all of the great things you know like you can't start meditating and stop drinking a bottle of whiskey and and stop eating meat and all of these things the same week you know like it's gonna be rough it's just gonna Mm -hmm. well it'll be rough but it's also not gonna be sustainable long term you know Mm -hmm. you're just gonna quit you know, instead of building those things up over time, you know, good happens. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, it's a, and I think that a lot of people run into those things. There's a lot of people doing the 75 hard right now. Have you seen that? No, you know I don't know what about? that is. So I don't remember where it started from. I heard about it a few years ago on another podcast, uh, the 3AM podcast, which I love. Uh, hmm, I, I heard about it maybe two years ago on there, but I know it didn't start there. It's something like, I don't somebody more knowledgeable on it can can correct me but it's something to the effect of for 75 days there's no alcohol uh you have to be on some sort of diet it's not specific it just says some sort of planned regimented eating whatever that happens to be uh you have to work out twice a day for 45 minutes a piece one of those has to be outside wow uh and you have to read 10 pages of a book every day and i don't remember i believe it's nonfiction required if and you have to do that every single day for 75 days no matter what in order to complete and if you don't if you miss a day you, you start have to over you start is it 45 over. day hard or 75 hard 75 
Yeah. This sounds like two-a-days at football. I know. <laughs> like, like when you were a kid, you know? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, and I, I've thought about, like, giving it a go. But I'm also – it's kind of funny because it's a little bit counterproductive for my main overall goal. Doing two workouts a day of that nature wouldn't be helpful for me hitting that 500 pound. Right. Now, it sounds like I'm making that as an excuse because I'm, I'm not. I want to hit that first, and then maybe I'll try this because yeah. I like things that are difficult for – but not forever. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe mm. like five hard. <laughs> Five hard. <laughs> I did the I five can, hard I, challenge. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> now I can hard. handle that. Yeah. <laughs> the double workouts honestly is tough. God, I know. Even if, it'd be easier for me to do one two-hour workout than two forty-fives because you you have to add like a little bit of time onto each one for like okay now I got to take a shower uh, or be disgusting until my next workout you know and another pair of clothes like. You know, it's just like there is there's multiple layers. It'd be way easier to just do it all in one shot. But I guess that's why it's called hard. Well, plus, like, do you not have a job? (laughs) You know, like, do these people just like, are they retired? You know, like, this seems very, you know, waking up at four in the morning and, you know, staying up and just like, where's the time for this kind of stuff? I guess that's why there's a time. I think the point is, is that obviously it's not sustainable, Uh, but it it helps a lot of people break through and start building better habits yeah. long-term. Like, obviously, you can't do that forever. Yeah. Nobody can. Uh, because you have a life where most people do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like getting that. up early. Are you an early guy? Not even slightly. Well, I'm Not early but because I'm old, but I'm also early because of dogs. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I also like to get up early because I like to be the only one awake in the house. Um, mm. So I get up around 5 and I get yeah. up and like drink coffee and I meditate before the dogs and, and the, and my wife comes downstairs and, you know, mm-hmm. we read our paper, like a couple old people, you know, <laughs> she does a crossword and I read my book and, but you know, it's just nice to be like peace, have peace and quiet by myself. Um, but that gives you more time. You know, I've found mm-hmm. otherwise what I don't like is just like the chaos of jumping into a day, you know? Okay. Um, so I was talking to someone like Markle actually. I was like, what mm-hmm. what you how was your day this morning? He's like, Oh great, I slept till 9 30. I was like, 9 30? Like <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time I slept till 9 30. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. when I was in my 20s. Like my not not like trying to brag. I just my body won't let me <laughs> sleep I mean, that long, you know. <laughs> I don't know what that's like anymore. <clears throat> I see I do it on the opposite end you know you like the peace and quiet in the morning kind of get ready for the day get getting everything started and I'm more like Greg where I'll I, I usually get up about 8 30 mm. and that's pretty pretty common I would sleep I could sleep all day I'm a sleeper that's my superpower just, <laughs> like, just yeah. out but uh but I'm a I'm a night owl so I'll, I yeah so one's very common Two is a little more rare, but it happens occasionally. Midnight is me being like, I should go to bed early tonight, you know? Right. So, so <laughs> are you like working on music? Are you reading, watching movies? All it's of kind the of above? whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's any of those things. It's generally, if I have something going, it'll often be music. I got new seals on my door, so it makes late night music even more That's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's, I thought it was fairly isolated out here. Then I got, 
better seals. And I'm like, oh, wow, I was leaking so much really? sound out there. Na- neighbors were telling you? <laughs> no, not the neighbors so much. Cause yeah, it's a long story. The configuration <laughs> of the shred shed is like the neighbor that's far away is far enough away that it doesn't bother them. The neighbor that's really close didn't even know I was a musician. Oh, well, that's because awesome. That, they're against like the solid wall, but the doors pointed the other way. Mm. Um, but my whole family definitely let me know about it. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> it's it's really quiet out here. I'm making it sound like it's not, but I also play really loud. So yeah. It offsets that. But yeah, I'll, I'll do music. Most of the American Cyclops uh, record, the Tom record, was done between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Like almost all of it. Except for like some of the uh, well, actually the uh, the notorious uh, <laughs> guy getting arrested field recording was done right outside the shred shed. Uh, they couldn't see me, but I heard the guy getting arrested on the other side of the hedge, <laughs> and I, I I recorded him. What did you record that with? Uh, fa- that was that was just a phone. A lot of it I did with like a Sure MV eighty eight, like into the phone. Some of it was you know, one of those zoom recorders. Uh, but that one specifically, cause I just heard it happening. I was like, yeah. And I was already, <laughs> I was already in field recording mode. Yeah. Just cause I'd been, I would go places and, and hear things and go, Oh, I should, I should capture that. Yep. That'll be an interesting texture or something. So I'd already been thinking of the world with that mindset. And I heard this happening and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be usable or not, but I'm going to record it real quick. Yeah. So whip my phone out recorded it and then went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm the same way. I always, uh, I, I capture so much stuff with my phone, you know, weird conversations, um, and then just texture them in as like, you know, just, you know, layers or textures or something to like elevate a part, you know, you did your sweet water guy. I, well, I did do the Sweetwater guy. <laughs> I, I, I reamped him. God bless him. Um, but yeah, just he didn't make it into a recording. I don't think, but I did do him uh, as a YouTube short. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's fun. I um, loved that. That was great. <laughs> yeah, I think I did use uh, two two Karens yakking it up at the bar. I uh, used her. I remember used that. Used them. I yeah. put them. They're they're on the new record. They're in there. Uh, <laughs> they, they don't they don't know it, uh, but they're in there. So yeah, I love that stuff too. You know, even just like weird like traffic sounds or like planes at the airport flying. You know, I just love mm-hmm. that stuff and you know the subtlety of it. You know that no one ever notices, but you know, you know, I think it's just so so cool. So I liked that when I put it out, there was people trying to guess what what it was you know there was what it was there were certain things that i made that were supposed to sound like certain things and they did but then people knew i didn't actually murder anyone so they wanted to know like what are you dragging (laughs) (laughs) different things to different people you know yeah yep i mean but recording some of those was really fun because i got to pretend to be an actor with no cameras and just try to make the sounds sound like what I think they should sound almost more like a Foley artist mm-hmm. in some ways. Yep. But you know, the, the parts where I'm driving my car, I'm purposely like accelerating in a certain way to make it sound like intentional and urgent. So like everything there is there on purpose. None of it's an accident uh, that it's, you know, woven in together with the rest of the music and everything. I, I was trying to create a certain atmosphere. It's true sound design, you know, and you're not like mm-hmm. fixing it in Pro Tools or anything. You're actually like manipulating it in real time instead instead of trying to fix it in post. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. so cool. 
Yeah. 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 And I, I definitely want to do some of that on, on the next thing. And it, even you and I just sitting here talking about it, I'm like, well, I really should get back on the, the story project. That, yes. That's firing me up internally right now. So if I'm getting fired up about it, it's a good sign that I yeah, should probably. I think it's an awesome idea. I think that yes. rules. So what comes first? We are brought to you today by Sweetwater, specifically the Gear Exchange. You may have heard about this. This is a place where you can go to buy and sell your used gear. Maybe you got a pedal over there that's just kind of collecting dust. Maybe there's something you've been eyeing from the Sweetwater catalog. Well, right now is a great time to turn that unused gear into something you're actually going to use. Even better, if you sell on the gear exchange, you can keep 100% of the sale as long as you choose a Sweetwater gift card as your payout method. That is not too shabby, because let's be honest, most of this buying and selling we do is just to fund new gear purchases, and that is a great way to reach a wide variety of customers and keep 100% in your pocket, or rather, on your pedal board. So go check out the Sweetwater Gear Exchange and turn that unused gear into something that's actually going to help you write that next huge riff. Hello there. I'd like to introduce you to your new best friend, the Chase Bliss Audio Lossy. Lossy is a collaboration between Chase Bliss and Goodhertz. It's meant to give you some control over those weird digital artifacts that come with very compressed audio. You're hearing it right now. All the changes that are taking place are strictly coming from my plane dynamics. I'm just interacting with the pedal and letting it do its thing. And some true stereo goodness. If you'd like some more details about Lossing, I'd invite you to head over to chaseflintsaudio.com. I think you're going to like what you find. The story, yeah, I, I think at least so far, so far that's how it's how it's came first, and and I think that's because you know, in order to make it match music, and it's probably going to be pretty ambient, less beat-driven type stuff just because of the nature of it, but to make it match the music and also have the words form their own sort of rhythm that makes sense without the music is going to be hard. Mm. Um, but I think I can do it if I if I stick to my more drony nature. I think that's <laughs> awesome. That's such a cool idea. Damn it. I'll send you the first one <laughs> when we get done here. That's a wish I'd thought of it idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how good it is that's how good it is yeah please send I think it to me it, i will i think it fits too with the idea of releasing releasing them as podcasts first mm. you know before they hit streaming i think that f- will fit nicely and it might be even a little easier to cut up than the first one because there will be distinct chapters or at least portions um but it certainly isn't what uh, what everyone says you should do for a, a streaming release right everyone's <laughs> like two and a half minutes facts i know <laughs> i know yeah, but you know what? I don't know. I'm an old guy. Who cares? I, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm a start. I'm a front to back listener. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, singles are cool, and I definitely release a lot of singles. But I still listen to records. Like, I mean, like front to back, A to B first. You know, 
Mm-hmm. So. I like that. As, I just like it as a format. It's what I mean. Part of it's what I grew up with, but part of it, I think there's an art form, not just to crafting an individual song, but if you're trying to make it a cohesive record and have it all make sense and order the tracks in a certain way, I think that can lend itself to, you know, it's almost more like a movie rather than, you know, a, a three minute skit or something. Oh yeah. There is an art form to sequencing a record without a doubt, mm-hmm. you know, like telling the story, the arc and everything is, is as important as the songs. I think mm-hmm. I've always felt that. So that's why full records are just, um, yeah, they're a whole story. Yeah. Some are, you know, some are collections of songs, but I think that that's, also a tribute to, to mastering a whole record is why it's so important is because you're you're putting to me mastering a record is like putting a, a cover on a book you know mm-hmm. you're making it all cohesive you're making it all part of a, the same story versus just a random collection a, a compilation you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah with the unknown ghosts especially the volume two did was there something you were trying to well, actually, not just the volume two, but all of them. Was there something you were trying to express with these, or was it more just like how you were feeling at the time? You know, especially actually more more talking about the first one, really, since you were you were literally bedridden. <laughs> you know, that's a that's not a good feeling, even if you see a light at the end of the tunnel. It's never good while you're in it. Um, you know, not really. I think at the time it was just a lot of like watching baseball kind of going in and out of this like sleepy haze, being on a lot of drugs, um, listening to my wife and dogs sleeping, you know, (laughs) recording at weird hours because of how I was, you know, sleeping, uh, or not being able to sleep. And I think I was just this excitement of this odd time in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And just, I look, it's weird, you know, that that time was obviously challenging for a number of reasons. For physically, it was challenging for our marriage because you go from everything being awesome to all of a sudden, someone being a caregiver overnight, literally, mm-hmm. you know, that's hard. Um, but for me, it was physically hard and painful and, and challenging, but it was also kind of a, a nice time <laughs> as as weird as that sounds like. Cause I, all I had to do was focus on getting better, um, mm-hmm. and not think about work or, or anything like that. And, um, so I also was able just to lay, lay there and work on music. And, and that was an interesting place to be in um so um it was just like this fully creative space um Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if i answered your question but um (laughs) you know it was just a sounds like it's more of a snapshot of the time than an intentional i need to express this this feeling it Mm -hmm. it was i think um the feeling was i can't sing i can't play guitar so but how can I still be creative in a way that I'm not used to being, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I still, how can I express myself in a way that I is, is uncomfortable for me? Like I know how to 
find notes on a keyboard and how to you know tap drum beats out and stuff but it's not my primary thing mm-hmm. um but now it's a thing that i love just as much as playing guitar so as screwed up as that situation was it's taken me to a new place that i that i cherish so mm-hmm. um in a weird way i'm thankful for all of that time you know yeah yeah so. yeah i mean those times while it's never fun and you would never choose to have something like that happen to you when you're on the other side of it i think being able to reflect on it in a positive way is very healthy because you could very easily be like can't believe all this terrible things always mm-hmm. happen to me and then you don't get anything out of it and i mean and it's true it's nobody wants this to happen but it's trying to find the gold nuggets when you're down in the mine is is the magic sauce and it's can be really hard to do yeah but if you can do it, I think you'll be better off mentally, physically, just emotionally. You're better off trying to find the positives in any situation, even if it can be really challenging, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really grateful, you know, for my life and for, you know, everything that I have. And, and I'm just glad that I'm able to, I was able to get through it with the support that I have for my family and for my wife and, and just that I was able to, you know, come out of it and create art and and that people um have listened to it and have wanted to chat about it and 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 Mm -hmm. i'm very thankful for that yeah 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 i mean i had a really good time on it and uh i talked to some of the other people that worked on it and they they all shared the same feeling so it's a it's a cool thing and i'm looking forward to seeing what you do next with it because thanks man it has like you said, it's opened up a new avenue of expression for you, and that'll be it'll be exciting to see where it goes. Thank it's you. Cool. It was fun to yeah. play guitar on it because <laughs> yeah. I didn't play guitar <laughs> on the first one at all, so it was fun to get that you know back. You know, mm-hmm. well, and yeah. you got all these new toys. I do in that time frame too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like it was really fun to get back to playing guitar. So it's cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're nearing the end of the the podcast, and I do have the classic questions I like to wrap this up on. But of course, before I do, I like to give the guests the opportunity to take the floor, plug anything you want to plug, shout out your grandma if you want to, you know, <laughs> say whatever you want to say. You got a couple thousand people listening to you right now, and uh, the floor is yours, good sir. Uh, well, you know, my nice grandma is dead. Uh, my evil grandma is dead too. So no <laughs> shout outs there. Uh, <laughs> shout out evil grandma. <laughs> no, no, thanks. Oh, no, no, <laughs> um, thanks. No, thanks. I just want to say thanks so much for having me on. Uh, thanks for coming up and being part of the record. If people want to check it out, um, the, you know, I'm on Instagram. New concerns is my name on there. I have a link in my bio. Like most people that links to all of those things. I'm on Spotify and all of the places under Daniel G. Harmon, H-A-R-M-A-N-N. Um, yeah, that's about it. You know, I'm always going to be putting out music. You can't stop me. So sorry about that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> can't stop. Like, just like you can't stop the dogs from barking. No, uh, you can't when stop When you have them. the opportunity to plug yourself. So <laughs> thank you so much, man. I appreciate you having me. Um, and hit me with them rapid fires. All right, cool. So for the listeners, all of those links will, of course, be in the show notes of this podcast. So you just go over wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple, etc. And you will see the links to his Instagram and the links to the streaming services where you can listen to that. And of course, like I'm not going to put all of the streaming services in there, probably just Spotify and Apple. So but 
Search him up. He's easy to find. No and Amazon again, Music. Come on. I'm just well, kidding. I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna. I got. There's I got a dude. Link. There's a dude out there that only <laughs> listens on Amazon. <laughs> I got affiliate links to put in there. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. So yeah, that'll all be down there. All right. So final questions. Let's roll. For, first one. What is your favorite boss pedal? Oh geez, Metal Zone. No. Uh, yeah. No. Got one right the, back there. The the white uh, delay one. I'm terrible with names of things. So. DD three. Yeah, DD three. There you go. Mm-hmm. I have had that was my that was my touring and recording workhorse for forever. <clears throat> the DD three is great. Yeah. I think the DD three is a little bit underrated. We've we've gotten so used to the DD three just being ubiquitous and everywhere, but like. Really listen to how good a DD3 sounds next time you have an opportunity to plug one in, folks. It is a very good pedal. I love the DD3. I recently got a vintage DD3 and a, the DD2, and I am fully convinced that they are the exact same pedal. I believe you, because you know mm-hmm. all things about pedals. And also, this the chromatic tuner, I mean, you can't... That's a, oh, that yeah. technically is a boss pedal, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the most popular answer. Really? I mean, yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's metal, used it. And Metal Zone, that has to be... Pro- I love the Metal yeah. Zone. I got this all murdered out one back here that nobody can see, but it's back there. Really? Like, uh, black on black on black? Yeah, yeah, check this out. Oh, dude, Hold that's on. awesome. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, Audio people can't see it, but that is yeah. awesome. Yeah, this was a special edition they did, and uh, the guys from Boss, uh, Aaron, shout out Aaron. He tracked me down after I told him I was looking for one. He tracked me down at NAM. I was like, "Here you go, I got you one." I was what? like, "Dude." He's so, like, here's yeah. a here's a pedal and a box of Sharpies. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, the murdered out metal zone to go along with my inverted DS one. So I've got the orange on black ds1 awesome yeah the big boss fan over here all right final question what is your favorite kind of pizza oh geez so this is controversial it always is okay so i'm veg well pescatarian i guess i eat i don't eat land animals but Mm -hmm. i love pineapple on pizza i know I know. I break your heart every time. Mm-hmm, every time. So I like pineapple and jalapeno. That's it. Jalapeno, I like. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Pineapple, jalapeno. Um, I'll pretty much eat. I just don't like like raw onion. I don't like onions on pizza. So mm-hmm. I'll, you know, if, if the wife's out of town and I'm going Domino's style, I'll get like jalapeno, pineapple, olives, and mushrooms. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just go bare jalapeno pineapple but uh those Fair. those are my two favorite toppings if i'm going going nasty mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what about yeah, I, you what about you though oh man i mean i i am uh, i'm a bit snobby you know with this uh, i love i love new york pizza absolutely love it i thought it was all hype before i actually went there and tried it and realized no it's not like I love New York pizza. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love like Italian wood-fired style pizzas, too. That was the the first realization that I had that pizza could be more than mm-hmm. you know, Domino's or whatever was this local place that opened up about 15 years ago called Mi Familia. Wood-fired Italian pizzas. And I was like, man, it's kind of expensive for a 12-inch pizza. And I have proceeded to give them 
probably thousands and thousands of dollars at this point uh, because I absolutely love their pizza so much. It's so good. Did you ever have uh, Via Tribunale when they were down there? Uh, no. They're a I'm Seattle sure. company, but there was one down kind of by Ash Street Saloon okay. um, down in downtown. And they're, I think they were probably there for like five years, but they mm-hmm. um, are awesome. Next time you're up here, I'll take you. But you know, we. Is that that cha- Like, it's not huge. Is that like a. It's like a small chain, mm-hmm. or is that There's a like different one? Four, three or four here in Seattle. They're. I'm um, trying. The. Neapolitan. What? I for, how do you. Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Yeah. yeah. I, Wood fire. So I. I'm 99.9% sure we went there. Uh, when, we went to Rocco's, and then Amazing. that's the first place we went. And then we went to another place that I can't remember the name of, but I did post in that same carousel of uh, stuff for when we were recording. And I was like, I can't remember the name of it, but it was really good. Um, well, we'll definitely go next time you come up to Via Tribunale. And when did we talk about the Bon Mi? We didn't talk about the banh mi. I can't talk about the banh mi because as much as I tried to get my family to order the banh mi, the banh mi pizza at yeah. Rocco's, uh, nobody wanted it. Right. And uh, okay. so I had I, I had to get a different pizza. All right. Well, but I, I want the banh mi. So really when bad. you come up, it's banh mi and you, buddy. All right. <laughs> we'll do We're it. We're doing it. Because no, Sophia won't eat it either because it's just like, it's you know, their pizzas are not small. They're so, big. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that's a lot of leftovers. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't just get it if she's out of town because then, you know, I'll that's eat, all eat it for the, the rest whole of my life. You know? yeah. <laughs> so um, next time you're here, we're doing it. <laughs> all right. I like that. We can make that happen. All right. We'll make that happen sooner rather than later. All right, my friend. <clears throat> yes, dude. Well, hey, you mind if we slide over to Patreon and see what kind of weirdness we can get into over there? Let's do it. All right. All right, everybody. For Daniel, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck. Thank you so much. Later, dude. Bye. All right, folks. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoy Unknown Ghosts. So check that out wherever you stream your music. And don't forget about the Gun Street Burnsides. If you want to hear some really cool demos, go to the product page. It's in the link in the show notes. And check that out. And also, don't forget the discount, the StringJoy discount. That is Tone Mob will get you a one-time 10% off discount if you've been wanting to try us but just have never pulled the trigger. There you go. All right, everybody. Make sure you check out Daniel on the social medias as well. His Instagram is linked down there, New Concerns. And, uh, yeah, you know what? I think that's enough blabbing for now. I'll talk to you on the Internet very, very soon. Later. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. 
Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out. Hello everybody, I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan, and this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.